Welcome to the Planet of Plenty podcast, presented by Alltech. Every second, every day, there are people thinking, trying, testing, flying, investing, inspiring, and applying new ideas with an insatiable drive to guarantee a world where people, animals, and plants thrive. Considering the increased demand for raw materials in a growing aquaculture sector, do we need to revisit nutrient requirements for farmed fish? Dr. Katarina Kusalaki is a senior researcher at Nofema AS in Bergen, Norway. She leads research projects in fish nutrition and physiology, raw material processing, and feed technology related to aquaculture, fisheries, and the development of new ingredients for the aquaculture and food industries. Her current work focuses mainly on the effects of new dietary ingredients on fish health, welfare, production characteristics, and final product quality for consumers. Dr. Kusalaki joins us to talk about the future challenges and opportunities with an evolving raw materials basket. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're experiencing something of a perfect storm here. Uh, Global population growth, increasing per capita seafood consumption, including increasing human demand for omega-3s found in fish products, and the maxing out of wild fisheries. This would seem to place increasing pressures for future seafood production on aquaculture. Is that an accurate assessment, would you say? And why is the availability of raw materials important? This is very true, Tom. And along with the population increase, also nutrition standards also increase. And we consume more protein and are becoming increasingly aware of the health benefits of more marine omega-3s. So aquaculture products, they combine both and can still grow in a sustainable way. So what sorts of raw materials are we talking about here? Yes, to manufacture feeds, of course, we need raw materials that should come from sustainable sources and industries. And these are mainly byproducts from... Uh, Mice and soya production, they are from wheat and sunflower, gore, peas, animal byproducts, they are in some markets, byproducts from fisheries, uh, capture fisheries. So all sorts of uh, ingredients that they could potentially also end up as food, but they are also used in the aquaculture market, which is increasing. And why is the availability of these raw materials a challenge for the aquaculture feed industry? That's uh, exactly because capture fishes have been stagnant during the last years. And as fish eat fish, fish meal has always been the golden standard for aquafeeds. Replacing fish meal is possible to a degree, but requires downstream processing to refine materials from plant origins and make them available for fish. Uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, your work focuses on the effects of new dietary ingredients on fish health, welfare, production characteristics, and the final product quality that consumers see. Let's unpack that. And let me first ask, do we need to revisit nutrient requirements for farmed fish and why? Yeah. Going back to the time that fish like salmon, trout, bass, and bream were fed fish meal-based feeds. So those covered the needs and requirements as we know them. But moving to vegetable-based diets and also considering the changes in the environment, like climate change and temperatures, the changes of the technologies and more efficient production, the, like closer circulation systems that challenge the fish. So we need to reconsider and make sure that we provide all the nutrients a fish need to grow both fast and robust. 
Researchers at the University of Sterling have developed a model that shows an increasing availability of raw material from byproduct that is derived from aquaculture as that sector continues to grow. Are you familiar with this research? And if you are, what can you tell us about the raw material derived from aquaculture byproducts? Yes, that's true. So strategic management of byproducts we can lead to increased production from actually less fish. So this study emphasizes the need to fully utilize the byproducts from aquaculture. In the case study, they have used it demonstrated that the potential of Scottish salmon farming, for example, could increase food production by 60% and the revenues by 800% and a total 5% increase in the baseline of the company. So these byproducts are, for example, the blood, the frames, the heads, the skin, the belly flaps, trimmings, viscera, and all that amounts to up to 50% almost of the whole body weight. So if we find clever ways to use these byproducts in fish products, then that could actually increase a lot our production of food from aquaculture. Can marine phytoplankton and seaweed be used instead of fish meal and marine fish feed? Yeah, this is actually an exciting new area of feed formulation development. So phytoplankton is like microalgae, is the base of the food chain and the primary producers of vitamins and omega-3 fatty acids, essential amino acids. So microalgae production is growing and we are already testing this biomass against fish meal and fish oil with very exciting results. So what are the effects of these new dietary ingredients on fish health and, and fish welfare? Such materials, they contain bioactive compounds, but they can increase the gut health of the fish and their, their performance of the fish in aquaculture relies very much on efficient digestion and also the immune system to fight pathogens and stress so then we can reduce also the use of antibiotics. And how do they impact production characteristics? And what we have experienced actually is that the use of microalgae can make fish grow faster and that's possibly due to the improvement of the gut function. Also, in particular, in suboptimal conditions. So microalgae, when you use the whole organism, they contain all the nutrients that the fish actually needs, and also that enhances naturally the quality of the filler and the like color attributes. We have seen better pigmentation, which is important in salmon, among other, and also the fish seem to like the taste so they can eat more and grow faster. Hmm. Hmm. So what are the challenges in producing a high-quality product? There are actually many different quality standards, and, and that's, a, that's a tricky one. The farmers, they have to address them all depending on their markets, and some are related to the nutritional value of the product and proteins in fish. They nearly always meet the requirement of high quality, but they're the levels of the omega-3 in the filet may vary, the looks of the filet may vary, the shelf life, and also the environmental friendliness of the production. So these consumers are increasingly aware of uh, welfare issues, so how the animals were treated during production. And also, it's very important also that there, is, there are no undesirable compounds, toxic contaminants, pesticides, PCBs. So this is very important. Some markets actually demand no use of GM products. And the sourcing of the raw materials for food produ feed production is important that it comes from sustainable industries. And how will these adjustments affect the full life cycle of the fish? So if we 
decrease fish meal in their diet without making the necessary compensation for the important nutrients. So fish may not actually have a robust immune system and may suffer more from disease and grow slower. So it is very important that we become completely aware of what we are removing when we take away the marine ingredient and what you are bringing back when we are using different alternative sources. And some are very rich, as I said, so that it goes very well, actually. I think you just touched on this a moment ago, but uh, just to kind of expand on it, can the consumer anticipate noticing any influence on the final product quality? I would say not really. So those eating fish will still enjoy them anyway, but for example, macroalgae may even improve the taste. Lowering fish meal in the diets may also reduce the fishiness of the product, which consumer segments they appreciate. So they want to use the sauces on top of a fish that doesn't really smell or taste fishy. Dr. Katarina Kusalaki is Senior Researcher at Nofema AS in Bergen, Norway. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of a special Planet of Plenty series presented by Alltech. Every second, every day, there are people thinking, trying, testing, flying, investing, inspiring, and applying new ideas with an insatiable drive to guarantee a world where people, animals, and plants thrive. Discover their stories at planetofplenty.com.